All right, this is True News 365. Thanks for joining me once again. Today I want to get into Matthew 22, uh, verse 29 through 33. And the title of this message is Spirit of Life and the Resurrection. Spirit of Life and the Resurrection. Okay. Um, oftentimes we, we talk about, uh, what is that going to look like, uh, when we are resurrected? Um, and I think we, we, when, when we hear what happens when we die, what exactly is going to happen? How is, how is it going to be consciously, uh, experiential to us once we die? Some people, I've always thought that it's like, kind of like, um, having one last, uh, nap or going to bed and then waking up in the resurrection at some place at, at some point like um uh <clears throat> you know george washington died and he's no longer conscience he's no longer conscience until the second resurrection you see what i'm saying until the second resurrection he's no longer conscience he's sleeping he's passing through all of this stuff right he's no longer conscious a- anywhere but there are people that believe that we are conscience some people actually believe that we're in heaven looking down, <laughs> you know, at the people that are down here. That's more of a, of a Catholic uh, understanding of things. But um, Protestants, I think, typically believe that we, um, some people believe in a more eschatological uh, viewpoint where we feel like we are now in the presence of God without, <clears throat> you know, fully understanding what, what that's what that's like. But um, some people believe, no, that's just for those who in the book of Revelation are, had been persecuted or put to death by the Antichrist. So there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of back and forth on that. And sometimes we want to know, what does that mean? I have to say that the idea of what that means, if one is, finds themselves in a certain confidence as to what they believe, truly believe biblically and scripturally, as to what actually happens can actually offer plenty of power of course you know unless you believe that you know like an atheist that you just cease to exist or whatever then you you know you really don't have any uh um uh bottom line uh hope for you know your future you have no future you just go you're just going to disappear um or be annihilated as some people believe but for the believer um what exactly happens has been a curiosity for the longest time and where to find this in the scriptures and where to uh, kind of get these ideas. Now, I, there, I'm sure that there are plenty of other places around that you can, we can get hints and we can get ideas and come up with our speculations uh, as to decide what exactly happens after we die consciously. We know that there's a second resurrection. We believe in the resurrection. Um, if we are uh, Orthodox uh, Christians, uh, but um uh, if we're biblical christians but um exactly what what does that what what would that what, what is that going to be like that's oftentimes what people like to talk about and so i i believe i can find it here in matthew 22 but before i do that i want to go back to uh paul in in the first chapter of philippians where he talks about this he goes for me to live it took for me to live is christ and to die is gain so let's go back there uh, out of the Legacy Standard Bible translation, Ephesians chapter one, and I'll start in. Uh, he's talking about how uh, there are people that are uh, uh, that the gospel is progressing, whether 
by uh, false pretense of bad pretense or in truth. And he says, either way, Christ is proclaimed. Um, and then he goes, yes, I will rejoice for I know that this will turn out for my salvation through your prayers and the provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ, even now, as always be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Okay. Cause he says in verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Meaning if, if, if I live, I'll just continue working and, uh, 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 laboring, uh, for Christ, for the kingdom. Um, and so if I die is also gain because I, you know, I move on to be with Christ, but if I am in verse 22, but if I am to live on in this flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know what I will choose, but I am hard pressed between the two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ for that is very much better yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Okay. So what I, that's the area I want to go to where it says, I do not know what will choose, but I am hard pressed between the two, having the desire to depart and be with depart and be with Christ. Okay. So here, Paul is talking about, well, if I, des, if I depart, I'm definitely going to be with Christ. That's definite. But we later on really can't devise from what Paul is saying, how it's going to be. Is it going to be, Paul is going to go to sleep, rest in peace, Paul. And you know, 4,000 years later, or 2000 years later, if he comes tomorrow, uh, you know, he's going to rise and then he's going to have interaction with Paul. No, I don't think so. I think, um, the answer to that we can find in, um, Matthew 22 verse 29 through 33. Okay. So in Matthew 22, 29 through 33, the issue concerning what happens after we die is answered by the Lord. Let's read the text. If we go to, uh, verse 29, start at verse 29. But Jesus answered them, you are wrong. He's talking to the, to the people who are testing him and the reli religious people. He's telling them, you are wrong because you don't know. You neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. Okay. So they, they not only not know the scriptures or they're getting the scriptures wrong. And on top of that, they don't even know the power of God. Okay. Verse 30 for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are like angels in heaven is because they, they presented him this question about what happens if a man uh, is, you know, man uh, dies and leaves his wife to his brother. And this happens seven times. And they was saying that ridiculous example just to test him, right? Concerning the law of divorce, the law of marriage. Okay. So in verse 31, he says, and as see, he goes for the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. Okay. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. Okay. So notice how he partitions his response. First, he speaks on the resurrection. And then he says, and as for the resurrection of the dead, right? See, first he starts by saying the resurrection, and then he says, and as for the resurrection of the dead. So there's a difference here between the resurrection and the resurrection of the dead. Okay. Get it. He's speaking of two resurrections, just like you'll find them presenting it in John chapter five. 
Okay, a lot of people miss it and they don't realize he's referring to two resurrections here and in John 5 and it's because I believe in context we're not supposed to divide the concept of the resurrection because they both refer to eternal life. I recognize that we do this to separate the doctrines. You have salvation being born again and then you have the last day resurrection of the body but how many christians realize and internalize into their thinking that eternal life happens as soon as we're saved which is another way of saying being raised in christ or in in the lingo being born again okay and eternal life after the body Okay, the biblical text makes no distinction with regard to life or eternal life. The only distinction is our still being in the body while on earth. When he said that God isn't the God of the dead, but of the living, he was basically stating that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. The understanding of the resurrection is simply understood to mean that if we're in Christ now, we've already crossed from life to death. As per 1 John 3.14, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Galatians 6.15, and others. That's not just referring to our physical bodies at the very end. That's also referring to us right now. So when our bodies die here on earth, our spirits continue to live on in the eternal state. And that is why, by faith, we need to believe that we're now seated with Christ in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus, as per Ephesians 2.6. These are called the already and not yet realities of God. I think that much of what Paul later exposed and revealed concerning these mysteries which the Lord brought to those who are now in him begin right here in Matthew 22 and if you go back to the account of the Lord raising Lazarus and you study the conversation the Lord is having with Martha she refers to the second resurrection but the Lord then corrects her and says I am the resurrection kind of like the way he said I am the Lord of the Sabbath Okay, so he's taking on the personification of the thing in question, the resurrection, the Sabbath. And the Sabbath, we know, is referred to as rest. Okay, rest, the rest, and the resurrection is referring to salvation. So he is that thing. He is the resurrection and pretty much stating that if I'm here, resurrection, salvation, is here if i'm here rest or sabbath is here get it so resurrection isn't just the resurrection of our bodies in the end time it's the resurrection of our souls our beings our persons and that life in the spirit begins now and that's where we get all that incredibly beautiful language concerning faith which we should all meditate on daily over and over and over again. Now faith, this is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, 
the conviction of things not seen. And I always like to point out that the operative word words here are assurance and conviction. Assurance and conviction. Okay, 1 Peter 1.8 And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Then we look at what the patriarchs and the prophets look back at them. And in Hebrews 11, the text honors them because it says that they strived for things that they hoped for, although it didn't materialize in their time, but they hung on by faith in the promise. They live just like we're living today in hope, by faith in God's grace of a promise from God through Jesus Christ. Understand, when people say Christianity is all religion and no true spirituality, that's nonsense. The Word of God says that God is seeking true worshipers who worship Him in spirit and in truth. Faith and truth is the source of true spirituality. And unless you know God personally, you can't truly Uh, You can't be truly spiritual at all because faith and truth is what hinges the Christian religion and you can't access anything truly spiritual without faith. Unless, of course, the spirits that you're accessing is of darkness. That's that's the only other way to be spiritual, but that's in darkness and not in light or should I say not in truth. Okay, so that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Seek his face daily. Christ is coming quickly. Abide in him alone, be holy, and share if you care. Until next time, God bless. Thanks again for listening to True News 365. Check out truenews365.com for more podcasts, blogs, resources, commentary. Check me out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram. And until next time, let's keep the faith moving forward and ignite the power of truth with the word of God to our neighbors and the rest of the world in Christ's name. God bless.